share a few thoughts with you. I, I, have, I have quite a lot to say. Um, the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about a, a topic that I think for us Western, workaholic, independent, materialistic Americans is going to be a little difficult. We're going to talk about Sabbath. And um, so today will just be somewhat of a primer. And then the next two Sundays, we'll give ourselves more fully uh, to what the scriptures have to say and, and to the, the theology of rest. And I'm just going to dive straight in just for the sake of time. I'm going to, I want to hit a, a couple of thoughts here for us. If you have your Bibles, go with me, if you would, uh, to the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5, we're going to begin at verse 16. And the, the verses previous to verse 16 in John chapter 5 is actually the account of Jesus healing a man at the pool of Bethesda, a man who is an invalid. And many of us may know the story, for those of us who do not, uh, in the culture at that time, there was a belief and there was a practice that uh, on a very rhythmic occasion, those that were near this pool, this healing pool, the first to get in would be healed. And Jesus heals this guy, and which is amazing, in and of itself, but Jesus made a mistake, unbeknownst to him. He, he just happened to heal on the Sabbath, silly guy. And so all those Sabbath keepers, all those religious people, and, and, and listen, by the way, there's, there's a lot of historical and cultural uh, reasons for why the Jewish people and the Jewish culture held so fast to the Sabbath, and perhaps we'll get into that in the weeks to come. Uh, it's a really great example of taking something that God has given to us as a gift and even as a command, and instead of allowing it to be our servant, we've allowed it to become our master. One of the authors I've read said that the Sabbath makes a very beneficial servant, a benevolent servant, but a malevolent ruler. And so for those of us, for those of us this morning who have had negative experiences with this gift, because this is what it is. It is a gift. For those of us who have experienced this gift negatively, either personally in our traditions of faith or from friends and family, uh, one of my prayers over the next few weeks is that we would be able to reorient our hearts and our minds to see this gift appropriately and for us to participate with this gift in a manner that glorifies God and produces the fruit that God has for this gift. In John chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus is responding to the religious rulers who are infuriated that Jesus consistently violates the Sabbath, a day that was marked in the Jewish culture for rest, where the Jewish people would cease from working. And then it got to the place where within their own formulations, the own laws of men, they, they began to really extrapolate uh, what it meant to cease from. And it just, it got very taxing. And so, so Jesus heals this man, and in verse 16, he responds. He says, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. And in his defense, Jesus said to them, in his defense, so, so think about this. He's, he is defending his work on the Sabbath. And he says to them, my father is always at work to this very day. My father is always at work. We serve a God who works. 
We serve a God who believes in work. We serve a God who created work. Work was not created after the fall. Work is not a result of the curse. We were created to participate in this part of the character and the nature of God. Work is eternal. I'm not sure what your view of heaven is, but if your view of heaven is kind of an eternal sabbatical, that, that's not what heaven's going to be. Kind of this, you know, out there, it's, it's going to be here on this earth. Uh, the, the rule of Christ will be fully realized and we will have a work. It will be creative. It will be fulfilling. It will be full of life. It will be empowered and infused by the spirit of God. It will produce fruit. It will be good and it will be without the toil. It will be without the fear. It will be without the drivenness that is a result of the curse. So where where man was created to work to the worship and the glorification of God, the curse turned that upside down in its head and man began to worship his and her work where we, we put work in its wrong place. So Jesus says to them, my father is always at work. My father is a God who values work. And to this very day, he is at work and I am working. Okay, let's pause here and let's, let's go backwards to, to the Old Testament. We're gonna go to Genesis chapter one. We're gonna begin in Genesis one, then move quickly to Genesis two. And there's just a couple of thoughts that I wanna present to us for us to allow to be a seed in our hearts and our minds over the next week. And we'll continue the series moving forward from there. And we'll also next week talk about what this means for us as a community of faith. There are staggering statistics, particularly of those in ministry and particularly of those in pastoral ministry. The level of burnout, the level of addiction, the level of falling, the level of those who started the ministry, who do not continue with the ministry. And a lot of this is because, uh, like most people, pastors have a very difficult time trusting God with our time, trusting God with our space, trusting God with the rhythms of our lives. And, and, and we all suffer as a result of that. And so we're going to talk about in Antioch Church, what does it look like to honor the Sabbath? What does it look like to honor rhythms of rest? And some of that's going to flesh out in very practical ways in the month of July. So I'm excited to share that with you next week. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And keep in mind, guys, I'm, I'm skipping loads of scripture here. One of the things that you begin to understand as you begin to study the scripture from a theological standpoint is you begin to identify themes that literally run from Genesis to Revelation. They, they begin to form meta-narratives. They, 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 they pull the entirety of the Bible together. They become these, these spiritual ideas that God is communicating that reflect his nature and that reflect his will in the earth. One of those is this idea of Sabbath. Genesis chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the very first verse that God chooses to reveal about himself is a verse where we see that God is at work. He's, at, he's working. Take a look right here at the end of Genesis chapter one. So for those of you who are not familiar with 
the biblical passages, Genesis chapter one is the account, the Christian narrative of where God creates the world. And he breaks this down six days. We see the creation narrative given to us. At the end of his creative work, we'll look at verse 31 of chapter one. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Everybody, somebody just say very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day, chapter two, verse one. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed. So we see there on the sixth day that the heavens and the earth were completed. There's, there is an element to God's creative work that we, we see was completed. The heavens and the earth were completed. But the very next verse tells us by the seventh day, God had finished the work. So there's a, there's a distinction here that the scriptures are making that the heavens and the earth were completed, but his work was not completed until the seventh day he established a day of rest. See, what we need to understand is that there is not just a Sabbath for mankind. There is actually what is implicitly recognized as a divine Sabbath. This is God's Sabbath. See, for us to be faithful to the scriptures and for us to study theology well, we have to begin with the right understanding of God. Everything that we do in life begins with the starting point of who God is. And so if we're gonna talk about the need, and we're gonna get into this in the next few weeks, if we're gonna talk about the need for mankind and the earth and the ecology and the soil and the agriculture, the entirety of the cosmos to participate in regular rhythms of rest and recreation and rejuvenation and celebration and delight, where does that idea begin with? It didn't begin with a command at Sinai. It did not begin with a command at Sinai. Sinai was the mountain that Moses went up to, and when he went up to this mountain, he received the law from God. But here's a thought for us to consider. The word Sabbath and the word marriage were never mentioned in the, creative, in the creation narrative. Now, the spiritual concept of covenant and the spiritual concept of rest were explicitly mentioned as gifts and as reflections of the divine order. But clearly, when mankind chose to not abide by the spiritual principles of rest and covenant, we then find that God needs to create laws in order for mankind to participate in that which they were unwilling to participate in. So now at Sinai, we see words such as marriage and we see words such as Sabbath, whereas in the created order, God never explicitly used those. Are you, are you with me this morning? So in Genesis chapter two, verse two, by the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, God rested from all of his work and he blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, if we're not, if we're not deeply familiar with these scriptures, we might, we might have always assumed that this was a command that he gave. No, this is the divine Sabbath. This is him setting into motion a model for how to live in the world that he just created. Two massive implications that I'm gonna do in two minutes. Two massive implications in the divine Sabbath. We'll maybe pull this apart more next week. Number one is that God is the master and the Lord and the ruler of time. A Jewish orientation to life is not an orientation to space. 
A Western American orientation to life is an orientation to space. Not space out there, but stuff. Stuff. The way we live our lives is we like to demarcate places. This place is special. This place is holy. This place is sacred. We like to... um, We like to dictate and determine our success by how much stuff we accumulate and accommodate. But a Jewish orientation towards life is an orientation not towards space or things. It is an orientation to time. And it's interesting that in the creative narrative, nothing is mentioned as holy. Everything God creates, think about this. He creates the water, he creates the heavens, he creates the earth. He creates human beings in his image and he doesn't call them holy. He calls one thing holy, he calls time holy. And so when we enter into this rhythm that God created called Sabbath, and we're gonna talk about the spirit of the Sabbath, we're gonna talk about how to make sure that, that, that we don't get into you know, no, you just, just re- religious cycles that begin to control us. We're, we're gonna break, we're, we're, we're broken free from all that. But when we enter into the rhythms of spiritual principles that God has created, we're going to discover life in a way that God has always designed for it to be. So God sets something in motion that reveals something about who he is. And there are massive benefits. Guys, I can talk with you about health benefits. I can talk with you about mental benefits. We can talk together in the weeks to come if we want about the fact that we are experiencing staggering statistics uh, of mental health issues in a way that we never have experienced before. Our technology is way more advanced than it has ever been in history, and yet we have more people suffering from physical diseases and mental stresses and traumas. Why is that? It's because in this overworked, frenetic, frenzied, workaholic pace of life, we are not honoring something that God has given to us as a gift. And we're gonna discover that Jesus, who is the Lord of the Sabbath and the fulfillment of the Sabbath, invites us by salvation to a prophetic proclamation. Do you know what Sabbath is? It is a prophetic rhythm. It is a prophetic rhythm declaring what the eschaton is to bring to us. It is a prophetic rhythm that every seven days we are announcing with our lives, God, you are God of time. And number two, you are the Lord of space. You are the Lord of the cosmos. You are the Lord of the entire created order. And the way that we prophetically announce that is by ceasing from our striving and resting in this truth. You are God and we are not. Jonathan, come on forward if you would this morning. When we, when we understand principles like this, it helps to just give us some nuance to who Jesus is. And it helps to give us nuance to this understanding that God created Sabbath to help institute shalom, the fullness of peace and the fullness of life and the fullness of salvation and the fullness of deliverance and the fullness of healing. He has created mankind. Think about this. Mankind was created on the first day, which means the very first full day that they experienced was not a day of work. The very first full day that Adam and Eve experienced was a day of rest. It was a day of delighting in God. It was a day of celebrating his creation. 
It was a day of getting to know him, of discovering him. It was a day of gazing upon him, receiving from him, walking with him in the cool of the garden. That was his first day. So we understand that in the rhythm of God, that Sabbath is a gift. And when he gives us this gift, it is a declaration to us that your value is not in what you produce. Your value is not in how hard you work. Your value is not as what you do for me. Your value is not in the material things that you accumulate. Your value is in the fact that I created you for me and I delight in you. When we participate in Sabbath, it breaks us free from the tyranny of our own idolatry. And it sets us free to receive who we are as sons and daughters that God delights in, that he has given us the gift of rest. Salvation is the overflow. Salvation through Christ's coming and giving his life and his death and his resurrection. Scripture says in Hebrews, now there is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The Sabbath rest that we experience in Christ is one that touches us spiritually that secures an eternal Sabbath in which we experience joy and delight and celebration in the goodness of God while we also work. Would you stand with me to your feet this morning as we prepare our hearts to come?